chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. <clears throat> Already um, have gone through the, the ritual of, of letting the folks in the first meeting know that because this, of this affliction I've got, we're not going to depend a lot on my words, but more on your words today. <clears throat> uh, I have gone to the doctor. I've gotten every remedy that medicine knows to man, and I've, I'm not going to try some of the stuff that you've recommended, okay? <laughs> so just know right now that not a chance I'm going to try some of those things. <clears throat> All I'm, and I think maybe it may be the fact that um, I can't talk as much or can't yell as loud. This might be more um, in tune with what really took place in Matthew chapter 5. You've heard me say it before, still getting every, letting everybody have a chance to get settled in, but you've heard me say it before. I don't know why they labeled this Matthew 5, 6, and 7 as Sermon on the Mount other than it is a sermon and Jesus was on a mountain. But that sounds kind of silly to me. Uh, it's like saying sermon in the pulpit or sermon in the hood, depending on where you're teaching. Um, that's, you want to call it the Sermon on the Mount, that's fine with me. You want to call it, you can call it whatever you want to. You also know the first few words, those of you who grew up going to church, the first few sentences that Jesus speaks up on that mountain. He speaks, uh, well, we labeled them. We labeled those first eight verses or so, we labeled them the Beatitudes. How many of you went to church and got a Beatitude bookmark? How many of you got a Beatitude poster? Maybe a Beatitude bumper sticker? I, and again, I'm not asking you to change your, I'm just, like we do here, we're talking honest and open about some things. Uh, <clears throat> I've had enough bumper stickers. I've had enough bookmarks. I've had enough posters. I'm grateful that people wrote these words down and published them and made them, pop, made them available to people all over. I, I, I love that. So i got nothing against that. I'm telling you, I've had enough of that, though. Because what I need is to sit down with Jesus like his disciples did here. And I need to hear these words and put them into practice. Now, you tell me while I catch my breath. You tell me, why did I just say it like that? I'll repeat it in case you missed it. 
I need to sit down with Jesus and hear these words just like his disciples did and put them into practice. Why did I say it like that? Why did I say it like that? Yep. Starts with me. I'm going to give you one more chance before you have to re I have to reteach you something. So those of you who are thinking, sitting there thinking you know the answer, but wanting someone else to answer, now is the time for you to step up. Why did I say it like that? I need to hear his words and put them into practice. That's exactly right. Connie, Jesus taught these words. Did you hear me? Jesus taught these words to prepare us for the storm that's coming. Now, we don't like to talk about that much in church unless we're going through the storm and then that's all we want to talk about. But when you're not going through a storm or when you've survived the storm, you don't want to talk about storms. Jesus said to fellas that he loved more than anybody else in the whole world. He said there's a storm coming, guys. Wind's going to blow. Rain's going to fall. Flood's going to rise. And that house is either going to survive, it's going to overcome, or it's going to collapse. There's a storm coming. And he said, I want you to hear these words and put them into practice. And I don't know if it means the same to you that it does to me. When I say, I'm, I don't need any more bookmarks. I don't need any more posters. What I need is to sit down with Jesus and hear these words and put them into practice. If you look at the first few verses of Matthew chapter 5, Jesus walked up on a mountain. My conclusion is, and you don't have to agree with me about any of this, just have to agree with what Jesus says, right? Jesus says, Jesus went up on, he was with a multitude and he, he walked up the mountain. What do you think tended to be the reason Jesus would walk up a mountain? That's where you get away from people because they don't want to do all that work. They don't want to hike all that way. But who followed him? Look in the text and tell me who followed him. His disciples followed him. He walked up the mountain. His disciples came to him and he sat down and he taught them. Uh, we didn't have to do much hiking today. But you had to leave some place you were and you had to make an effort to get to some place where you are now. So you came here, and Jesus sits down with you, and he said, you want to be blessed? Now, if it's not church, if it's not church, if there's, we're not following some script written on a bulletin, 
Jesus ask, you want to be blessed? The first thing out of your mouth would have been, yes, especially if it's coming from Him, right? What kind of things did Jesus have to offer? What kind of things did Jesus have to offer anybody? Hey, can it heal me? If I've got a sickness, if I've got some kind of problem with a limb, if I've got some kind of, I can't see, some limitation, He can heal me. What can He do for me? What, what can He do for me? He can forgive my sins. And this morning when I walk up to Jesus, have I got some things I want Him to take care of? Would I like for Him to get rid of this crud? You bet. Would I like for Him to get rid of my sin? You bet. So what could Jesus offer? A new life. What could Jesus offer? Get the demons out of my life. Give me power over those demons. What could Jesus offer? Peace. If He can calm a storm out there, can He calm one in here? Yeah. And so Jesus says, You want to be blessed? What's the answer? Yeah. Can you tell me how? How you want to be blessed? And don't be Sunday school and don't be all spiritual on me. Just how, many, how do you want to be blessed? What do you want from Jesus? He's sitting here with us. Truth is, He says He's with us. I'm not making that up. You want to be blessed? What blessing you want? Be an example of Jesus to my family. What blessing do you want? Courage to set boundaries. Courage to set boundaries. What blessings do you want? Strength to continue to pursue him. Right. Strength to pursue him. What do you want? What blessing? Help my children on the right path. Yeah. Help my children get on the right path, stay on the right path. Come back to the right path, whichever way that needs to be said. What do you what blessing do you want? Why? Yeah. Thanks for being honest about that. Why do you want? What's the blessing you want? To be able to say no. And he says, "You'll be blessed if you're poor in spirit." Read it. No, 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 no. Don't read it. Hear it. And I don't suspect he talked like a, a West Texan. Especially a West Texan who never reached puberty and his voice changed. Didn't change. <laughs> and I'm sure I, I got to want to believe that he didn't have to deal with this crud in his chest. But he sat down with his disciples and without preaching at them, he just said, you want to be blessed? Be poor in spirit. I'll give you the keys, the kingdom of heaven. You want to be blessed? 
Yeah, I do. Then mourn. You'll get comfort. You want to be blessed? Then be meek. Be gentle. You'll inherit the earth. You want to be blessed? Yeah, I do. Then hunger and thirst after righteousness. Hunger and thirst after righteousness. You'll be filled. You want to be blessed? Be merciful. Be kind to people. Be kind to people who need you to be kind to them. And you'll get mercy too. You want to be blessed? Then be pure in heart. You'll see God. You want to be blessed? Yeah, I do. Then be a peacemaker. Not a peacebreaker. Be a peacemaker. You'll be called children of God. You want to be blessed? Yes, I do, Lord. I do. I mean, my prayers are filled with, Lord, bless me this. Lord, bless me that. Lord, I want to be blessed. He said, here's what you do. Then you act so much like me that people are going to mistreat you for the same reason they mistreated me. And you'll get the kingdom of heaven. What would have been the first thing you asked when he finished? When he went through those words, let's say he stopped, let's say he paused, let's say he was ready for some discussion, because they did that. When he taught his disciples, they would do that. He, he would teach his disciples in a way where they could ask questions and there could be some kind of discussion. What do you think one of the first questions would have been? If you were sitting there, what would one of the first questions would be? Tell me what I'm missing. How do I do that? Excellent. You know what? I've been in classes before. I've been in <coughs> training schools before where they spent a lot of time on what the promises were. They wanted to make sure I knew what the kingdom of heaven was and what it meant to be comforted and what it meant to be to inherit the earth. I can remember writing a whole paper on what it meant to inherit the earth. Um, let me change just for us today, okay? Nothing wrong with that study. I encourage you to do that study, but for today, and we're not going to wor worry about that study. Here's what I figure. Jesus can take care of the promise, right? So I'm going to quit worrying about what the promise is, and I'm going to focus on what my part is. How about you? I'll let you decide, but that's what I decided to do. He said, you want to be blessed? And I said, yes, Lord. And I, my follow-up question would be how. Tell me how. And Jesus says, the place you start is with you. Leave your wife alone. Leave your husband alone. Leave your kids alone. Leave your parents alone. You leave your neighbors, your best friends, and your worst enemies. Leave them alone. And you, you be poor in spirit. Somebody tell me what it means to be poor. And if you give me a religious answer, I'm going to smack you. So let's, I'm not going to be very poor in spirit. I'm going to be Old Testament on you. <laughs> tell me what it means to be poor. When you're really poor, what does it mean? Huh? You don't have anything. When you're really poor, what do you have? 
You have no, you don't have anything and you have no hope of getting anything. So what do you do when you're poor? Your own survival is dependent upon somebody else. There are people in this room that know something about this. Now there are a whole bunch of us in this room that think we know something about being poor that we don't have a clue about. So let's stop playing like we're poor. Right? You got a pack of cigarettes? You ain't poor. When you're poor, it's when you've got nothing and you can't get anything unless somebody else gives it to you. That's poor. And he said poor in spirit, which would mean what? I'm broken. I don't have anything to offer. I don't have a good personality. I don't have a good resume. I got no talents. I got nothing to offer. I'm poor. I have to depend on you for everything. To be poor in spirit means you say out loud because you've already come to grips with it in here. I've got nothing, God. Without you, I'm nothing. Um, somebody tell me why that's so hard. Why is that so hard? Why is it so hard to be poor? Why is it so hard to admit that you're poor? Why is it so hard? Because I know some of us, I love you, but some of you won't acknowledge that you're poor and you'll borrow money from somebody that doesn't have it either, but they'll loan you money that you can't pay back so you can do something for one of your kids because you don't want your kids to know you're poor. Why is it so hard to admit being poor? You're a failure. Why is it so hard? I don't want to give up selfish bad behavior. I don't want to admit it. I don't want people to look at me like a failure. Why is it so hard to admit? I don't want to be that weak person. Which, is, is it not ironic? Is it not ironic when to say, I don't want to admit being weak when my life is a demonstration of me being weak? I just don't want to admit it. I don't want to let anybody know that I'm weak. <clears throat> yeah, in fact, that's his point. He said, let's be honest about it. So let's start there. Let's start there. You want to be blessed? Then be honest. Be honest about what you are, who you are, what you've done. Be honest. Be honest. Be poor in spirit. There's nothing fun about it. There's no joy in it. There's no fun in it. And if you really are poor and you finally admit it, if you really are weak, if you really are a failure, if you really are messed up, so messed up that there's not anything you can do about it, um, how do you feel? Honest, how do you feel? I'm sorry? Worthless, Worthless. how do you feel? Hopeless, how do you feel? 
useless. How do you feel? Desperate. How do you feel? I felt like everybody would be better off without me. Yeah. Feel like everybody'd be better off without me. And Jesus said, You want to be blessed? Then mourn. Then mourn. We don't like it. Um, when you start crying, or when you see somebody crying, somebody starts crying, the first thing we tell them, the first thing we tell them is what? It'll be okay. Do you know that? Do you know that at all? But you're saying it, why? Exactly, the, the truth. You want them to stop crying, right? And we want them to stop crying. Why? To make us more comfortable. Now, listen to what you're saying. Many times our efforts to comfort somebody are nothing more than just our own selfishness, our own hurt. Sometimes all a person can do is mourn, grieve, cry, sob. And what did Jesus say? That's the person who's blessed. I'm not, I'm not trying to give you a, um, an approach to how do you deal with somebody who's crying about something. Except to say you and I have got to get away from this idea, I don't want to cry, I don't want to hurt over this, if I'm going to be blessed by God, am I going to have to be honest enough to be poor enough that I grieve about what I've done in my life that brought me to this place at this time? There's no blessing without that pain. I didn't say it. Jesus did. There is no blessing without that pain. Somebody a few weeks ago, and they weren't being mean. They said, Rex, we need some more of those happy lessons. Okay. The next time I find one in the text, we'll have a happy lesson. Isn't that when we have happy lessons? It's whenever's on the next page. But when Jesus sits down with me and says, Boy, do you want to be mine? You want to belong to me? You want to be one with me? You, you want that? And I say, yes, I do. Yeah. He says, then, man up. Quit being such a coward. Be honest. Be honest with what's wrong. And it's not blaming somebody else for it. It's not excusing yourself because, well, I didn't know any better. No, no, no. It's being honest and saying, here's how, who I am and here's what I've done. And then you... And then you, and then you, I'm going to make you say it so you can at least hear it, whether you agree with it or not. And then you will mourn. There's some mourning that needs to take place. Because look like what I've done and what it's cost me. And it's what it's cost others. And then look what was done to some of you, and look what it cost you, and look what it. Blessed are those who mourn. Now we want people to stop. Oh, no, 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 it'll be okay. I had people, you know, I've told you, I had people tell me, said, Rex, you need to get over this. 
Well, that always helps, right, to tell somebody that. That's right. You need to get over that. Oh, well, I hadn't thought about that. Right. That's what I needed. Yes. What does Jesus say? You want a blessing? Then mourn. His comfort will come. Who's in charge of when who's in charge of when you've mourned long enough? Huh? I'll let you I'll accept either answer. You decide how long you're gonna answer to be your mourn. Or Jesus will decide how long you're gonna mourn. I had a young man tell me the other day in his infinite wisdom of twenty years old. Who had lived the experiences of life of a 20-year-old. He said, Rex, I serve a God whose mercy is so great that if you wanted to accept His mercy, you would never feel bad about, never have any regret about the things you've done in your past because you would be forgiven for those things. I didn't want to hit him in my office, so I, I smiled and shook his hand and ushered him out. <clears throat> How long did David mourn over his sin? Read his Psalms and find out. How many times did Paul in his writings mourn for what he had done to hurt so many people? I'm not about trying to start mourning or, or stop mourning. It's about me getting the blessing that comes when I mourn. Jesus promised it, right? Now last one, and I'm done. I'm done. Last one is, blessed are the meek. What does the word meek mean? Humble. Meek. What does it mean? Gentle. Um, why does somebody who's been poor and has been desperately poor somebody who's grieved over the choices they made that led them to be poor, why is that person gentle toward others who are in that same situation? Because they understand it. And they understand what, it, what happened to get you there. And they may understand what it takes to get you out of there. Gentle. What does it mean? Does meek mean uh, mild? Uh, <coughs> In our, in our culture, if I say the word, he's a very meek and mild. We use those two words together, meek and mild. Jesus never does that. Jesus uses these words together. I am meek and lowly. Jesus himself was poor in spirit. Jesus himself was a man of sorrows. Jesus himself was meek. He was gentle. Fella goes on his way to Jericho and gets jumped. He gets jumped. Gets beat up and left for dead. Right? And the guys that robbed him just leave him there. They won't eat. They don't care if he dies or not. They leave him there to be dead. A priest comes walking by. The priest who's got all the ability from the church there, the temple, to take care of this guy. What does he do? He sees him and he keeps on walking. And then a Levite, which is a priest-like servant type guy, he comes to the point and sees him, and what does he do? He keeps walking. Both of them see him. And then there's a fella, he's a, he's a guy you don't invite to the family reunion, all right? 
Those of you who know the Bible know he's called a Samaritan. Those of you who know anything about the Samaritan know that that means he was of mixed race and he was not accepted in either. He wasn't accepted by Jewish people and he wasn't accepted by Gentile people. He was an outcast. Some of us know something about being outcast, right? And that guy came walking up and he saw the guy. You know what word it uses? He had compassion. What does that mean? Did he, um, well, I'm going to go tell somebody so they can come help this guy. Is that what he did? What did he do? He stopped his donkey, walked down into that ditch, bound up his wounds. Now, did that, have, did that guy have a first aid kit with him? I'm sure they all carried first aid kits on their donkeys, right? No. Did he have some rubber gloves so he didn't have to touch somebody else's blood or something? No. What did he do, y'all? He took what belonged to him and used it to help him. And then loaded him up on his donkey, which is a big enough job anyway, and took him to the place where he could rest until he could heal. That's gentle, y'all. Does that mean that the Samaritan had been beat up? I don't know. But he showed he was able to be gentle. Anybody in this room know anything about overcoming an addiction? Anybody in this room know anything about having dealing with <clears throat> unplanned pregnancies? Anybody in here know anything about spending time in a place you didn't want to be but you had to stay there because of what you'd done? Anybody know anything about losing your reputation? Anybody know anything about being mistreated that way? Can we be gentle toward those who are? Jesus said, do you want to be blessed? Then you start by being honest. If the first step to recovery is to admit it, if the first step to recovery is to admit it, then admit it. And grieve over it. Look what you've done. And then be kind to other people gentle with other people who need the same. Each one of those Jesus promised would be blessed. You'll get the kingdom of heaven, you'll get comforted, and you'll inherit the earth. I don't know all those mean, but I want every one of them. So this morning, while we eat this supper, while we eat this supper, let's do this. Let's start walking with Jesus this way. We sat with Jesus this morning and heard Him say what He said. Our hearts are ready to respond, so let's respond to Him. Let's be honest with Him. And then, and then, let's wait for His blessing.